What a great God we serve tonight. And uh, while you're standing, uh, I'll go ahead and ask you to turn the book of Acts chapter 2. And you just think you know what I'm preaching, so don't even start. Acts chapter 2, yeah, we still can preach from there. We all know that book. Well, we should. Like we should know them all, I guess. But Acts chapter 2 and verse 36 is where we're going to start at tonight. Just thankful for what God's doing. Peter is preaching a message. The day of Pentecost, of course, has fully come. 120 or so in the upper room, been filled with the Holy Ghost, beginning to speak with other tongues. And uh, now people are wondering what is happening. Peter begins uh, a great sermon. What a, it's a tremendous sermon uh, that he preaches there. But he's coming to the conclusion. He's bringing the Jewish nation, those that are there. Uh, he's reeling them in for his closing. And in verse 30, 36, he says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, somebody say they heard it. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And I'm going to preach for just a few minutes tonight on this thought. The impact of what you do with what you hear the impact of what you do with what you hear. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your word. Lord, let our hearts be ready and be good ground to receive it so that we can be better, be changed, and we can learn more of you. We want to be like you. and We want to be ready to meet you when you come. So help us tonight, Lord, for just a little while to preach and to receive in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his word. Aren't you thankful for the word of God tonight? God's good to us. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. The impact of what you do with what you hear. Now I can tell you, um, is this message, man, I had so much. I was cutting stuff and moving stuff and getting rid of stuff because I could... I had so much we'd be here all night, so I was trying to streamline it to just get to the point. And so uh, talking about what we hear, I began to think about all five senses. I don't know how it was for you in school, but they would teach us about the five senses, your, your touch, taste, smell, seeing, and hearing. And um, there's not a single one of those five senses that I want to do without. If you had and were just lucky enough to have COVID, you got to do without smell and taste for a while. 
And uh, that wasn't any fun. I'm glad it only lasted a couple of days because I got tired of drinking my coffee tasting like hot water. It just didn't, wasn't fun. And, uh, you know, I thought, boy, this would be terrible if this lasted forever. Uh, the smell part, you know, was, um, I heard someone say that uh, a mom that was talking about it, and she said, she's got a little baby, she said, I didn't mind it when I lost my smell. She said, because I could change those diapers and it didn't bother me at all. So maybe uh, she, but I'm sure she would not want to have that like that all the time. Uh, The things that God has given us, these senses, help us enjoy to the fullest everything that he has given us in this life. It doesn't mean we can't do without them. Uh, We would just rather not do without them. But hearing is especially valuable to us because it is tied in Scripture to faith. In the Lord. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by what we hear. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This is why it is so very important for people to uh, have preaching in their life. The Bible says God chose the foolishness of preaching to save us and that there was a ministry, a five-fold ministry giving for the perfecting of the saints. God gave that. He gave men that would teach and preach and, and share the gospel, men and women, so that people could be saved and that they could have faith and make it through the storms. And so that's why you can't just say, I'm going to live for God and never uh, ingest the word of God. I'm talking about you've got to hear it. And you say, well, what about someone who's, who's, who can't hear? What do they do? Well, if they can read it, whether it's through, uh, you know, when they read it, that's, their, that's how they hear it. A, a deaf person can hear by what they read and see because it, they, it goes into that brain. And that's what the hearing is all about is coming in, but you're receiving it. Some people hear something, and you ever heard of one ear out the other? That's the way it goes with some. But some, it actually finds good ground, and it sticks with them, and it begins to give them faith that, hey, I can make it through this too, and I can overcome this too, and I can be saved too, and I can be filled with the Holy Ghost too because it, the promises you know, unto me and, and to all that are far off, it, it happens. I, I, I hear the word of God, and it gives me faith. It helps me to trust God and, and walk a little farther, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So we walk uh, by what we hear. I thought about doing a little demonstration and getting somebody up and blindfolding them and and just getting them to follow my voice. And you could give them instructions. Say, take two steps. Now turn left. Take three steps. You could direct them to where they needed to go just by what they were hearing. If they did what they heard. See, it matters uh, that uh, and there's an impact uh, of what you do with what you hear. Now our sight is precious, but when we can't see what we hear can change our lives depending on what we do. The scripture says, he called me out of darkness, implying that I was in a place where I could not see, that I could not perceive, but he 
called me. So I heard the call of the Spirit calling to my inner man. Repent, be baptized, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And and my life uh, was directly impacted by what I did with what I heard. Because we can hear something and not do it. If you've got kids, you see that happen all the time. Or if you have animals. But well, we won't talk about the animals. But, uh, you know, but you have kids. And have you ever, did you not hear me? You know they heard you. They just didn't do what you said. Don't go outside. You go looking for them. There they are outside. Don't jump in that mud puddle. You look out the window. There they are jumping in. Didn't you hear me? Uh-uh. You know they heard you. And because they didn't do anything with what they heard, they got a whooping. Well, they used to get whoopings. I guess, I don't know if they still get whoopings or not, but you get a whooping or you, you know, get a privilege taken away, something would happen. But it, it impacted you according to what you did with what you heard. If, if I could not see, if I was walking in a place and I was distracted even or just wasn't paying attention, I couldn't see and I was walking toward a, a big hole in the ground and all of a sudden I hear somebody go, hey, stop. Well, if I stop, I don't fall in the hole. I might save my life, <laughs> you know. But if I don't pay attention, if I hear them, who are you talking to? <laughs> Gone. I yelled, stop. Yeah, but I just didn't feel like, well, in how you deal with what you hear and what you do with, with what you hear, it's going to impact your life. You know, we've got to understand that, that, that everything we hear through Scripture, through preaching, through the Word of God, what we hear about God and what He can do, it impacts our life depending on how we apply it. What do we do with it? What do I do with what I hear? If you were ironing a shirt and your child walks in the room and you say, do not touch this iron, it is hot, it will burn you. Well, that information is going to go in them ears. Now, what they do is most of the time they're going to touch the iron. And they're going to be like shocked that they're burned. Did I not tell you that if you touch this iron, it would burn you. They did What they did with what they heard impacted their life. Hello. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When, uh, when, uh, if you were out in the, in the woods, somebody's lost, and you're looking for them, you're going to yell, and then you're going to listen to see if you can hear anything, to see if they respond to uh, sound. You'll be listening. Do I hear them yelling back so I know where they are? If you are wandering in the, uh, like we were when we were hiking, many times we'd just be in thick woods, but all of a sudden you'd come around a corner and you could just hear rushing water and you knew where the river was and when we needed to fill our canteens and things, that was good. So we went toward the water. We knew where to go. It gave us direction. Uh, if we had ignored it, we would have stayed thirsty. We'd have done without it. But instead, we listened, we heard, and though we couldn't see it, we could still hear it. And then if we could hear it, we could find it. And let me tell you, sometimes if we would just go with what we have heard, maybe I can't see what God's going to do, but I have heard that he will be faithful. 
I have heard that he will make a way. I have heard that he is always with me. And sometimes maybe I can't see what he's about to do, but if I can just go with what I hear, that's going to be faith building up in my life. I want to uh, believe the scripture, ask a question. Who has believed our report? You know, it's gone out into the land. And, and he even talked of Israel in one place in the scripture and said, uh, but, you know, the gospel was preached unto them as well as unto us, but it did not profit them. Even though they heard it, it didn't profit them because it was not mixed with faith. They had no works uh, with what they heard. They didn't do anything about it. They just heard something and then ignored it, would not believe it, did not uh, do what God told them to do. Why did Israel get in trouble so many times? Because they did not do what they heard Moses said God said to do. They heard it. They just didn't obey it. And went, friend, that's what I'm trying to stress to us tonight. There is an impact, and it will affect you and others around you on what you do with what you hear. Our everyday lives are impacted by what we do with what we hear. Usually starting off right at the beginning of your day, there's an alarm going off. And your day will be impacted by what you do. You will either get up and get dressed and go to work or you will hit snooze and maybe accidentally cut it off and then wake up two hours later and realize you are not at work. You know, uh, it's, uh, you know, what you hear will impact your day. There are alerts that will come on. There are, you know, we have alerts on our phones for messages. Uh, when the phone rings, it, it sounds that we hear, and, and it, we either answer or we ignore it. And, and man, sometimes we might, uh, I ain't got time to take this, and you should have. I've heard people say, man, I could have got this job if I had answered that phone. Somebody was calling to tell me about a deal or something I was looking for, and, and, but I didn't answer it because I was busy. And so I heard it ringing, but I, I just sent the voicemail and checked the message later and found out I just missed out on what I you know, What we do with what we hear will impact every part of our life. You're going down the road and kind of distracted, and you hear a car horn and look up, and you're in there, somebody else's lane. You correct yourself, you saved your life because you reacted to what you heard. Many times, you know, in preaching and scripture and stuff, you know, we talk about things that you got to not do and you better not do, you shouldn't do this. And one big thing is gossip. We refer to gossip, though, usually in the context of the gossiper, the one doing the talking. But what about the one that hears it? See, it can either die with you or go somewhere else and kill somebody else. Proverbs 18 and 8 said that the words which you hear of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down the innermost part of the belly. But if it stops with you, and it can. Proverbs 17 and 9 says, He that covereth the transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separates very friends. You see, there's an impact of what you do with what you hear. Be the kind of person that if you hear something that you know is not in your business, let it die right there, and it'll save somebody else. But if you repeat it, you could separate good friends, or you could, you know, you could tell it it could get somebody in trouble, and it may, how do you even know it's true? 
fact-checking is a big thing today on social media. And, and, uh, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we, should, we, don't need to, we don't need to type it out. We don't need to share it because, we, oh, look what they said. And we don't know if they said it or not. And then you share it and find out it was false. And you're like, oh, now I've got to delete this post. And everybody thinks I'm an idiot because of what I did with what I heard. What you do with what you hear will affect you. It will affect people's impression of you, and it can hurt somebody else. You've got to be careful. We all, it's always mattered. What do you do with what you hear has mattered from the very beginning of time. Adam and Eve, what they did with what they heard has impacted us all. When they heard what God said and was doing the right thing, everybody's good. But as soon as they heard another voice with another option and decided to disobey God on what they heard, what they did with what they heard impacted not just them. It got them kicked out of the garden, made life a lot harder, put the curse on all of us. What they did impacted us all, and it was what they did with what they heard. What you do with what you hear can change your life forever. Somebody could come up to you and say, hey, I got a great investment tip. Invest this into this. You'll see. If, okay. And all of a sudden, how'd you become a millionaire? Somebody told me to invest, and I listened. And it worked. It might not always work. What you do with what you hear will impact you one way or the other. You ever called your friends and say, hey, so-and-so's going out of business. They got a great sale, and you hop in your car and take off. And you found the suit or the dress or the shoes you was looking for for $5, and you're like, man, what a blessing today. Well, you know why you did that? Because what you did with what you heard impacted your life. Most of all and most importantly, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What you do with what you hear. It ain't enough to just hear it. The Bible says what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel. We've got to not just hear it, not just believe it. We've got to obey it. What we do with what we hear can save our soul. Jesus made it plain like this. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, Matthew 7 and 24, and he doeth them, what he does with what he hears will affect him because I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And he goes on to say, and that man will stand through the storms. The winds, the rain, the storms can beat on him, but his house will stand because he dug deep and built on a rock. He's talking about his words. But it's, uh, the next man, is, it's the same thing. What he did with what he heard has impacted him in a negative sense. He heard the words of the Lord. He just does not keep them. And so now he's like a man who only built on the sand. And when the winds and the storm and the rain came, his house fell and it said, and great was the fall of that house. What he did with what he heard. If you do nothing with what you hear, you're going to uh, get trouble. And you say, well, you won't get nothing. Now you'll, you'll get something. You'll get trouble. You'll get heartache. You'll get pain. Uh, we, now, we have not seen Jesus. I had seen him. I've seen what he can do, but I have not seen him. 
Uh, so I can't tell you what he looks like, how tall he is, what color his hair is. I, don't, I can't tell you any of that. I've never seen him. Uh, but I have heard his words. And what I have decided to do with his words has impacted my life and not just my life, but your life. Because a lot of you have been baptized in this place because of the preaching of the word or you have prayed through the Holy Ghost because of preaching in this place. And that's not patting me on the back. I'm just saying, God said, hey, will you do this? I said, sure, I will. And uh, this is the the. What happens? This is what happens when people are obedient. When you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Uh, what you do with what you hear impacts you and others. If you don't think it impacts anybody else, ask the other seven people on the ark. Because God didn't have a big meeting with everybody. He just went to Noah. And what Noah did with what Noah heard, eight souls were saved by water. Thomas, he believed that Jesus was resurrected only after he saw the nail prints and the wound in his side. And Jesus said, well, Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen but have believed. Well, how will they believe? By the word that they heard. Because everybody uh, had not seen him uh, at at the tomb like Mary did. But uh, she came back and began to tell them, and a lot of them thought, nah, you hadn't seen the Lord. And when the Lord showed up, it said he upbraided them or got on to them because of their unbelief. And uh, they didn't believe what they heard, and they didn't do anything about what they had heard. And so uh, when Jesus was praying and talking, uh, he, was, he said in John 17 and 20, Neither pray I for these alone. I'm not just praying for my 12 or my 11 that's here. He said, but but I'm praying for them also which shall believe on me through their word. I'm praying for those that hear me, that hear their word, that can hear me through their word, that will do something. I'm praying that they'll do something besides just listen. I am praying that they will react, that something will touch them, and they will actually do something with what they've heard. There's nothing more frustrating than uh, telling someone exactly what you know needs to be done and they don't do it. And now there's a repercussion because of it, there's problems because of it, and I'm sure the Lord looks down so many times and thinks if you would just do what I said, (laughs) just do what I said, hey, we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You hear the words of the Lord. How many times did Jesus say, let us, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. We need to hear and then do something about it. It will change your life forever. And it doesn't matter how, what situation you're in, what you hear about God can change your entire future. Ask Rahab. In Joshua chapter 2, when Israel is coming into the promised land and Jericho will be their first battle, the city that they will take, he sent a couple of spies in to spy out the city and they find themselves in the house of Rahab the harlot and she hides them. They find out the spies in the, in the city, they went into that house, so they come to her house, but she's hidden them 
And then she deceives the people, says, I think they went out this way. If you hurry up, you'll catch them. And after the coast is clear, she brings them out, and she says in Joshua 2 and 10, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt, and neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. What she heard convinced her of God. And now she has acted by faith in hiding these men, and now she's making a deal for her life, and it changes her destiny. Because you, you read about you can read about her again, not just in Hebrews where it talks about Rahab the harlot, but you can read about her in the genealogy in the first chapter of Matthew. And you can read, uh, hey, everybody know who Boaz is? You know who his mama is? Yeah, that old harlot. You know what Boaz means? Boaz is a pillar. A pillar that came from a prostitute. All because what she did with what she heard. She, 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 she hid those guys and, and spared their lives, got them saved, and made a deal for her and her family. It changed her destiny. She married uh, a man, and, and Boaz was born, and she's now in the, the lineage of Christ. And then you read about her in Hebrews 11 and 31 because of what she did. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with those who believed not, because she received the spies of peace. She did not perish because of what she did with what she heard. She was one person who probably nobody would have even cared about sparing in that city. People looked at her for what she was. She was a woman that entertained men. She was not thought highly of. I'm sure she didn't just hang out in public where everybody could look at her. She probably stayed home most of the time because she knew what she was doing was shameful and wrong. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter how bad our life is, what circumstance we find ourselves in. It doesn't matter what everybody else, everybody else in the city died, because even though they heard, they still didn't believe and just trust that, their, that Israel's God was the true God. And so a lot of people didn't do anything with what they heard, They heard about how God dried up the Red Sea. They heard how he defeated these kings for Israel. God is with them, but they didn't do nothing with it. They didn't try to wave a white flag and say, look, we'll just surrender. Man, we'll get, uh -uh." they didn't try to, we're going to fight against it. We're going to not believe what we've heard. We don't believe God can do anything with us. God didn't have to do anything but let Israel march around them for seven days and then the walls came tumbling down. But when they came into the city, Rahab and her family were spared because of what she did with what she heard. I want to make sure that I am doing what I'm supposed to do with what I hear. Let me tell you, don't you shrug Scripture off. Don't you shrug that voice of the Lord off in prayer. When that unction from the Holy Ghost is nudging you, telling you, "Uh uh-uh, don't you do that, you better listen because what you, you'll never be able to say, well, God, I didn't know. He'll say, oh, yeah. And I think God will bring it right back to our memory. Remember that this day? Pow! And all of a sudden you'll remember God was saying, don't you do that? And you were going, 
Hmm. I think I will. I'll just say I didn't hear him. Come on, you ain't never done that? You was outside playing when you was a kid, and your mom was hollering for you, and you didn't want to come in yet. Where you been? I was calling for you. I didn't hear you. You know you did. Sorry, Mom. You know, kids do that. They in that room, they play, and they don't want to come take out the trash, and you're hollering for them. I didn't hear you. Yeah. We know they did. Are you deaf? <laughs> no? Selective hearing, that's good. It changes people's lives, what they hear. In the book of Mark, chapter 5, you'll find out that there is a woman who has an issue of blood. The Bible says she was a certain woman. Twelve years suffered with it. Went to physicians. Spent all her money. Didn't get any better. Just got worse. I'm sure that every time she heard one doctor say, I've done all I can do, she didn't quit because she went to another doctor. And when he would say, that's it, I don't have any other answers, then she went to another doctor until finally there was no more money. And if there was no more money, there was no more doctors. But in Mark 5 and 27, it says that this woman, when she had heard of Jesus. Now, I don't know that she ever saw him do a single miracle, but she had heard about Jesus. Because if she didn't believe that he could heal her, why would she even try to touch him? Somebody had told this woman, I have seen what he can do. I, maybe they were there when he raised somebody from the dead. Maybe he, they were there when he healed that centurion's uh, servant. I don't know how she heard, but when she heard of Jesus, she didn't worry about anything else except just coming up behind him and touching the hem of his garment. Because she had said within herself, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be made whole. What she did with what she, I don't know where she was at that day. Maybe that she heard a commotion and as she looked out her door, what's going on? Oh, Jesus is coming down the road. Woo! Then I got to go. You can't go out there. You got that issue of blood. You're unclean. You can't be touching people. You got to stay inside. I don't care what nobody else thinks. This is what you just told me he was coming. I have heard of Jesus, and this is what I'm going to do with what I have heard. And she was made whole. In Mark 10, 47 and 48, there was a blind man named Bartimaeus. And it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he didn't say, oh, well. I don't know what he had heard about Jesus. He had never seen him. That's a fact. But he had heard, and when all this commotion was going on in that city and things were happening, it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He did something with what he heard. The next verse is amazing to me because as he began to lift his voice and do something, people charged him, many people charged him that he should Hold your peace. But when he heard that negative stuff, because he heard them, hey, Bartimaeus, shh. Oh, no. <laughs> you ain't the blind man. You ain't the one needs something. 
Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And it said, when he heard there, he cried out all the more. What you do with what you hear. Sometimes you're going to hear the good news and start responding. And then there's going to be that negative voice. And what you do when you hear the negative voice is going to impact you as well. I'm telling you, when somebody tries to shut your miracle down, you just get a little louder. Oh, no, I'm just going to cry out a little more. I'm just going to pray a little more. I'm just going to read a little more. I'm just going to worship a little more. I'm just going to serve Jesus harder. David got rebuked for dancing before the Lord. He said, I'll be more vile the next time. I don't know what else he could have done. He said he danced before the Lord with all his might. So I don't know what his next trick was going to be. But he said, I am determined to, to be even more exuberant, even more worshipful, whatever. I'm going to be even more just because you said you didn't like it. That was his own wife talking to him. What you do with what you hear. David was a man after God's own heart. In Luke 7, there was a centurion that had a servant who was sick, and when he uh, needed a miracle, it says in Luke 7 and 3, and when he had, or when he heard of Jesus, he sent for him. Come and heal my servant. The Lord was going to come there, but he said, you know what, you don't have to come, just say the word. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that when he needed a miracle, he heard of Jesus. And what he did with what he heard saved a man's life. You have no idea. We have no idea yet. I don't think we understand it fully. What could happen if we would just do what we're supposed to do when we hear the preached word of God? When we hear that voice of the Lord, when we hear, because now I can say, I, I don't just hear his voice. I have heard the voice of the Lord. And it, I'll tell you what I heard. I was driving down the road and worshiping the Lord and praising God. And while I was riding with my radio blasting wide open, just praising God, having a great time, I heard all of a sudden, it's like I couldn't hear the radio no more. I couldn't hear anything else. And I heard just the calmest voice right beside my right ear, say, close your eyes. I'm going 65 miles an hour down I-20. And this voice said, close your eyes. You know what I did? I shut my eyes. And as soon as I shut my eyes, I heard a, a pop and felt something hit me in the face. And I opened my eyes. It was glass on the dash, glass in my lap, glass all over my shirt. Didn't have a single cut. But it, I had places where it had hit me in the face. And I said, if I had had my eyes open, I probably never would have even seen there was a hole about that big in the windshield right in front of my face. What you do with what you hear. And Hey, I didn't know. All I knew was, and then immediately I was like, whoo, that was the Lord. Oh, I heard that voice. I heard it say, I kept having to tell, I told it over and over to myself. I heard it. I heard him. I heard him say, close your eyes. And I tell people that and they'd be like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. Ooh, keep talking about that, they're going to lock you up. But I knew what I had heard, and I heard it, and I shut my eyes, and it seemed so ridiculous to close your eyes driving 65 miles an hour down I-20 in morning traffic. 
but I did. And it saved my eyesight. It saved my, you know, I, maybe I would have saw something jerk the wheel and you know, who knows what could have happened, but I know what didn't happen is I didn't die, but I lived and I, I was able to live and tell about it. What you do with what you hear is going to make the difference in your life. Peter heard Jesus in the middle of a storm, walking on water. He heard Jesus. He said, hey, if that's you, bid me to come. Come. He heard him say it, and he stepped out and walked on water because what you do with what you hear. But then you've got to keep trusting in what you've heard. No matter what else you see, it don't trump God's word. That word, just that one word was enough to keep that man walking on top of the waves until he forgot what he heard. He started looking at what he could see. We walk by faith, which comes by hearing, not by sight. It says when he saw the winds and waves boisterous, he began to sink. What you do with what you hear will impact your life forever. What are we doing with what we hear? Jesus said... He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. In James chapter 1, in verse 21, uh, it says, well, back to verse 19, it says, let every man be swift to hear. Need to be ready to hear what God's going to say. He says, for the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness, the engrafted word. How do you receive the word? Well, you got to hear it. And when you hear it, receive it. Like, that's right. I'm gonna, when you receive something, you accept it. If somebody gives you a gift and you receive it, you accept it. You, I will take that. I, I want to receive it. That's what he said on the day of Pentecost. And they that gladly received the word. And so he said, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. See, what you hear and what you do with what you hear will impact your life now and your life to come. He said, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if any, see, that's where, in, how can that deceive me? Because you can hear the word and believe it, and you can feel the power of that scripture but never do anything about it. You can read that word and hear it preached and feel the weight of it and know that it's powerful, that this is uh, supernatural, this is the word of God. And you can feel it and all over you, all around you, and then not do a single thing. See, no matter how powerful God's word is, it will never benefit you if you don't do something with it. Yeah, yeah. If, if God were to tell you, if God were to walk and tell you, say, listen, what I, here's what I need you to do. I need you to walk out of your front door and lift your hands, and I'm going to give you your miracle. And you go, and you know it's God. But then you say, nah, man, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm turning over and going back to sleep. It won't benefit you. But that was God. I knew it was God. He was talking to me. Okay, but you didn't do nothing. You didn't do anything with it. And so... It didn't benefit you. you. It doesn't matter. Somebody tells you something that's so sure, so and you can feel it. You know that's the right thing to do, but you don't do it. Guess what? It doesn't benefit you. You've got to. Uh, so the impact of 
what you do with what you hear is staggering sometimes because people have heard what God has said. They've heard that call into their dark, twisted lives, and yet they do not move. I don't want to hear him calling because you can hear it and think this word is incredible, but if you don't do anything, you deceive yourself. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Oh, I'm going to be saved. Not if you don't believe and get baptized, you don't. Why? Because that's what the scripture said to do. You can't be saved on your own. Well, I just read it, and so if I read it's not a magic spell book. It's not such you just, if, you, if I read this out loud, then it happens in my life. You've got to obey the word of God. You've got to do something. So, but the thing is, is we deceive ourselves because the word is so, it, whether we believe it or not or do anything with it or not, it's still just as wonderful as it's ever been. And it's still just as powerful as it's ever been. But when we don't mix it with faith, it doesn't benefit us. So be doers, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. It's not anybody else. Don't blame it on nobody else. Well, my preacher, I, yeah, we, we, we like to throw the blame, uh-uh, deceiving your own self. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man, beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholds himself, then he goes his way and forgets what manner of man he was. You can't come into church, fall on this altar, cry, pray, repent, jump up, get baptized, get filled with the Holy Ghost, and then walk out those doors like it never happened. That's why Peter said, after being born again, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourself. Because once you're born again, there's a life to live. And so they couldn't just listen to what he said about in verse 38 and 39. They had to listen to the rest of it too. That wasn't the end of his message. Acts 2.38 wasn't the end of his message. Many other words. Peter was long-winded. He was preaching. He was telling them. He was trying to get, I don't know when I'll get them again. I'm going to tell them everything I can think of right now. I don't know what else. I'd like to see the notes for the rest of the message. I hope we get to heaven and it's on recorder and we can watch it. I want to see what, it, what the many other words were. But guess what? They stuck around for it. Anyway, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, he's heard and he's doing. What you do with what you hear, he said, this man should be blessed in his deed. will bless you bigger than you will ever know. It will. And then back to Acts 2. And we'll see what they did. And this is where I'm getting ready to wind up, darling, if you want to come to the music. So when Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost, this is something so new. Nobody is ever... there. People are mocking. These men are drunk. It's the middle of the day and they're drunk. And, you know, they're acting foolishness and carrying on. But then Peter stood up and said, These men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that. That was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And Peter begins to preach a message about the Lord pouring his spirit out on all flesh. And then he, he switches to Jesus and begins to preach from Joel and David and different places about the Lord and and uh, they're listening to every bit of this. 
They're captivated by it. Listen to what he's saying. And he gets down to this last part where he says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel, all of you, every one of you, know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, when they heard this, let me tell you, when you hear, it does something to you. And there's going to always be a decision to be made. I've seen people shake it off. I've seen it on them. I've preached and I've watched them sitting in their seats just writhing. Can't wait for this to be over with. God moving all over them. They know they need to move. And I've watched them shake it off till they could get up and get out of here instead of making that move to the altar. It's hard as a preacher to watch that, but you see it. But when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do with what we've heard? They heard it and they responded, what do we do now with this, Peter? What, what do we do with what we have heard? And Peter answers them this way, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So when they ask what to do, Peter tells them, this is where you start. You need to be born again, born of water, born of the Spirit. It's not enough to have one or the other. You've got to have it both. And so he says, here's what you do with what you've heard. He that believeth and is baptized, Jesus said it. So Peter's just preaching what Jesus has already said. Peter says, repent and be baptized. This is what you do. But you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because there's no other name given whereby you must be saved. And that's the only way that remission of sins comes. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a promise. And then with many other words did he testify and exhort. Save yourself from this untoward generation. So he told them a lot of other things to do that day. And here's the, the thing is he tells them in verses 38 through 40 what to do. And in verse 41, no matter what else he said after 38 and 39, they still responded. There's a lot of people today, boy, they, they want that spirit part. I want my sins washed away and I want, I want the Holy Ghost, but they just don't want the many other things. But even after they heard the rest of what Peter, and if you want to find out probably some of the things he said, just read his letters and you'll see about be holy because he's holy that called you. He'll talk about things like that, I'm sure. But it says, they that gladly received his word, this is what they did with what they heard. They that gladly received his word were baptized. What do we do? You got to repent and be baptized. All right. What you do with what you hear. And it says in, on that day, about 3,000 souls were added. Added. The church was born on that day. Right then, about 3,120 souls. Just like that. Just like that. Because it matters about what you do with what you hear. 
The Lord said, go and tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Well, the scripture says in one place he was seen of about 500 people, but there's only 120 in the upper room. Where's the other 380 at? It matters what you do with what you hear. 120 come back talking about, woo-hoo-hoo, Holy Ghost and fire. What? Yeah, you should have come on with us. It matters what you do with what you hear. They heard it. They responded. They were added to the body. I don't know how many of them 3,000 hung in there, but maybe all of them did. But I can tell you on that day, they were just like they needed to be. What we do with what we hear, that's why it's so important. You can't turn church off. It's, it's sad because in this day that, uh, don't get me wrong, online stuff was great. It helped. It got us over a hump. But then I think it turned into a crutch. You know what people usually do with crutches after a while? Put them in the closet. And I can tell because I've said it before. I said, you can see who watches and who doesn't. And you just watch the numbers steadily drop down, 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 down. Now I know that's because a lot of people are coming back as well. But when you know that there's some that are not here and you don't see them watching service anymore, responding to anything that the church posts anymore, it's sad. We need the house of God. We need to be back in church. I believe that. I believe people need a place to go. I know we're not a building. I know we're a body. I know that. Anybody that's got the Holy Ghost ought to have no sense to know that. That's common sense. But the house of the Lord is precious. A place of fellowship, a place where we can preach and pray and and be with a people of like faith. It, It matters. Everything, really everything good that came to me in my life came in a church building somewhere. The truth was preached to me. I received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in the same church. I met my wife in that church. I married her in that church. I dedicated my kids in that church. I got the call to preach in that church. I preached my first message in a church. Why would I walk away from a place that that's where I got everything that I love? I'm not going to do away. It may come a day where they lock the doors and burn the place down. I don't know. But we'll find somewhere to meet because it's precious because we need to have preaching and word and and fellowship. We need that. We need to hear so our faith can be increased. We need to hear so we can learn and grow. We need to hear so we can be the body that he wants us to be. Let's stand together tonight. Thank you for being here. While she's playing and singing tonight, I'll just open the altars up. And if, uh, if Brother Chris, if you'll get ready, we always we like to turn the live feed off at the altar call. Nobody feeling self-conscious about praying. But let's come and pray for a while and seek the Lord and maybe ask ourselves, have I, what have I done with what I've heard? What have I done with what I've heard from the Scripture, from the voice of the Lord? What have I done with it?
Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. What a great God we serve. What a mighty God he is. Well, we're looking forward. We have a lot going on this week, the rest of the week. Remember to pray for the Vaughn family for Saturday and pray for us in the services and everything. We can just be a blessing in those services. And then Sunday, we're going to be looking for just a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. If you know someone who needs the Holy Ghost, you ought to invite them to church. If you need somebody or know somebody who needs to be baptized in Jesus' name, or if you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, then you ought to be here Sunday and take care of it. Let's do that. And let's, it matters what you do with what you've heard. And so let's, let's tell somebody about it. Invite them to be a part of the church. I'm not just talking about this congregation, but the church, the body. Invite them to be a part of the body. Praise God. We love you. Thank you for being here tonight. And you can be dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.